So thank you everybody for sharing. I feel like I heard one specific request. Did anyone else have like a specific request? Just this one, right? It's more just like some shares. Um, first of all, I feel like we should start a book club here <laughs> and have like a book that runs parallel. Like everyone's reading stuff. Why don't we just have books connected to something spiritual or whatever? And then, you know, there'll be like a book a month and then we could talk about it as like an underlying theme. It could actually be like a nice accompaniment to this group. So just throwing that out there. So um, the question that I received was how to deal with life when life keeps happening. And um, I think that there's something involved in that which actually touches on a lot of things that were talked about. So it's funny, actually, I had, um, I think two nights ago, I woke up in the middle of the night. This happens to me a lot. I wake up in the middle of the night, and I realize that I'm going to die someday. And I, this happened to me since I was like five years old, you know, or seven or something. Wake up, realize I'm going to die someday, have this really crazy existential crisis of like, well, what is life? What happens after I die and I'm not here? What should I do or what can I do? What's the best thing to do then? Um, probably helped me become a monk was like this line of inquiry that I had since I was a child for whatever reason. And I kind of sat in bed and just started meditating. And I remembered there's this thing where it's like, I, yeah, it's really funny. I, I somehow quickly calculated, um, you know, if I'm 35 and I'll probably live another like 35, 40, 45, something like that years. And I kind of like went through this whole thing and I was like, okay, I probably have like 10,000 days left. And I read something and it was like, to become a master at something, you have to do it for 10,000 hours. So I was like, okay, if I meditate every day for the rest of my life, I should die being finally like a master at this. And I was like, okay. So I sat in my bed and I closed my eyes and, um, and what was going through my mind was like television, like The Bachelor, right? Like television shows that I had watched and conversations that I had had and just different like random thoughts. I was kind of like fading into like the sleep place a little bit and coming back into the meditation. And I suddenly had this image of um, like a pot filled with eels. This is like a very, um, like maybe more of like an Asian cooking thing. I don't know, right? Like eat eels. Um, but like a pot with eels in it and you look in the pot and all the water, everything's going right now there's all these eels. And that was like this feeling of like looking at my mind, right? I looked at my mind and there's all these different thought um, patterns, all these different branches of energy coming in from different places. You know, again, one, it's like something I watched. One is like an unresolved theme in my life. One is, you know, hearing the rain outside, that there's all these different, like a confluence of forces and energies flowing into my mind from different places, making it kind of very wavy, right? And I saw that, you know, when I was a monk and spending eight years in the monastery specifically, I had this time where I would like start just reaching into the pot and grabbing the eels one at a time. But eels are slippery, so you have to kind of like figure out where it is and how to grab it, and then you finally get it, 
you know, and then I pull it out and I'm like, this is the feeling like this moment is not enough. And I would get rid of that eel. And then I'd reach into the pot and eventually I'd wrangle another one and pull it out. And it's like, oh, like this was me when I was a child getting yelled at by my dad, which was like unfair and abusive and all this. And I'd put it away. And then I would wriggle and I kind of dealt with the things in my mind one at a time until I got to the point where I really felt that I had dealt with enough, right? Dealt with enough of like the, the gross, like the loud stuff, gross and subtle stuff that my mind started just to get more relaxed, like in a daily basis, in a normal way. And when I meditated, I went in really deep, really quick, because I had been dealing with these kind of different things that needed to be dealt with. And I was sitting in bed, kind of just all this came to me. And I said, well, you know, that's well and good for the average person who doesn't sit in a monastery, who's not on a meditation retreat, who doesn't necessarily have the luxury or even the tools or the ability to grab these things one at a time and identify them and work through them and heal them and do like self-therapy almost or energetic work. Um, you know, what it, like me right now, like I just came off of a normal day. I was not on retreat. I just lived a normal day in the world and I looked at my mind and my mind was bubbling. And I said, so what's, you know, what's, what's the relationship? And I just had this idea of this pot of eels, and then this voice came to me and it said, why don't you just boil them all at once? <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's the answer. Just turn on the pot and cook them all at once. You want the eels to, to stop? Just cook them all at once, cook them together. And then that water will be still. And I was like, wow, what a great metaphor. And then I woke up the next morning and I remembered it. And I was like, yeah, that was brilliant. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> what the hell does it cook all? What, how does that even work? What, what does that even mean, Seth? And that's kind of been like a Zen koan for me for the past day and a half or whatever, two days, is what does that mean to cook all your eels at once? What does that mean? Um, my teacher, Achim Brahm, my, one of my meditation teachers, Achim Brahm, he said in more maybe simpler direct terms, he said, instead of trying to deal with all the things arising at your in your mind, he said, why not just deal with everything at once? Why not just let it all go? You know, in a really just simple way. Because I was very much about self-help, right? I have to fix myself, get better, work on myself. There's always something to do, some goal, some obstacle, some destination. Um, and he said, why not just, you know, let it all in, in one fell swoop. He said, why not just get rid of all of it? And I think it's the same process and the same principle. And there's a few different ways I think that that can look. One of the ways is maybe just as you're sitting, realizing all of your thoughts are just thoughts, right? All of your feelings are just feelings. Everything that's arising is just this moment. That uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can use one tool, like a sword, right? And no matter what comes at you, the same sword can cut everything. The Buddha also talks about impermanence as one of these. That if you look at everything with the eyes of impermanence, it moves through it. I've also found that you can look at everything with the eyes of appreciation, 
right, or love or good enough, acceptance, that there's also these emotional qualities that you can bring up and out. Imagine if your heart or your mind was just appreciated. So no matter what came, trauma, oh, thank you, trauma, for showing me I have a heart. Oh, your pain is so bittersweet. You were like a poem. Oh, trauma, through you I understand people better. Through you I feel more compassionate. Oh, trauma, I see now that I can only be as compassionate as deeply as I felt pain, because then only truly do I understand. Oh, trauma, thank you, because my greatest strengths have come out of these protection mechanisms, these parts of my mind that have developed to combat the trauma, but actually they've been really strong tools, mental and emotional tools and gifts and abilities that I can use. Oh, trauma, please stay with me. It's okay. I see you. I feel you. You don't have to go anywhere. What if we could shine that light on everything that came up? You know, you're having thoughts about eating popcorn and watching a movie. Oh, great. Let's watch that movie in my mind. You know, are you worried about work or not having money or what the government's doing? And you're angry. Ooh, anger. Hey, anger, what's up? Thanks for coming, anger. I know you want to protect me. Anger, you care about me. Thank you. Keep coming, anger. Yeah, protect me. Tell them what's right. Tell them they're wrong. Show me. Set the boundary, anger. Yeah, so that there's these different qualities that we can arise in our minds. And I think for different ones of us, some of us are more like head guys, right? Some of us here are more about like intellectual stuff. So we might be better sitting here saying like emptiness, emptiness, right? Seeing everything is empty because we have an easier access through an intellectual level. Some of us are more emotional. So then we can maybe use love or acceptance or appreciation or something like this, right? Um, there's different tools that'll work for different ones of us. But boil it all down at once. Kill it all at once. All the thoughts, all the feelings, the perceptions, all of it. Just put it all in one big pot together. When I was a monk in this monastery in Australia, and I did this long-term retreat, uh, one night, a friend came, one of the monks, he came to my hut called a kuti. The Thai word for it is kuti. Uh, or it's a Sanskrit word, I think. And he came and we hung out in my kuti at night and we talked about meditation. And it was getting late and I was getting tired. So my mind was kind of getting a little bit foggy, but we were also very focused. So it was this interesting blend of kind of an open perception, but, you know, a, a, a malleable perception, I guess you could say, but still with like a direct line of focus and connection. And I kind of said to him, you know, and I picked up my teacup and I said, you know, I feel like I've been practicing meditation and I've just been going around and around and around the rim of this cup, right? I'm just going like around in circles and I'm trying to go into the cup, but I just keep going around the edge of it. Like it's just, I'm like kind of thinking and I'm relaxing and I'm like trying to calm down, I'm kind of calming down, but it's like it's not, I'm not going like in, I'm not really dropping beneath the surface. I'm not, you know, and as I was doing that with my fingers, running my finger around the rim of that cup in circles, I said, you know, and it's like, because like what I'm not realizing is that I am the cup. And I said that and my jaw just dropped. And I looked up at the other monk and I go, I have, please leave, I have to meditate. And he got up and left, and I closed my eyes, and my entire mind just caved in on itself. And it was this crazy, terrifying experience, like an avalanche, that everything collapsed. The entire mind just collapsed on itself. 
and that then there's this brilliant energy that came up and this power really just came up. Everything broke apart. And uh, it's definitely one of you know, the most powerful meditation experiences that I've had, right? Because it wasn't like me sitting here trying to meditate, right? Like what we're all experiencing, right? It's like me and these thoughts, and I'm, I'm, trying, I'm like watching the thoughts fly past, or I'm getting involved in them, or I'm having feelings, or I'm thinking and hearing in my head, so now what, or how long, or you know, is, is it over yet? Um, man, my leg hurts, whatever, you know. That was all rim, the rim of the cup stuff. And it all just broke, that there was no more duality. There was no more perception of me perceiving something else. The entire sense of self that I had, the whole structure, just collapsed into just kind of, I don't know, kind of nothingness, but also kind of to one point, that all the energy, once it was freed, it could gather together, concentrate, I guess, this natural concentration. And, uh, and I sat in meditation for hours that night, just... It was just this crazy thing. And the next day, you know, I felt completely different. Something had definitely shifted. And, and I sat down for my meditation that day. And my way of relating to the next meditation that I was doing, instead of sitting there, you know, saying, okay, Seth, feel your breath. Uh, oh, that's a thought. No, we're not thinking. We're breathing. You know, instead of having my whole, like, neurotic internal dialogue with my meditation, I just sat there and I said, uh, ignorance. Every single thing that I experience is ignorance. It's all an, an outward projection of the mind, that the mind is projecting out through its senses. That includes our thoughts and our emotions, that it's projecting outward. Our consciousness is projecting outward. Seeing is a consciousness. Hearing is a consciousness feeling is a consciousness and the mind is projecting outward through our senses and also through the mind sense to our thoughts and our feelings the truth is that all of that stuff actually can flow back inwards to the mind as we see in the meditation it can flow inward but usually what we feel in the meditation is just our consciousnesses of our senses right that your sight flows in that your body feeling that you guys notice when you meditate, sometimes you're kind of like floating in space. Does anyone ever feel that? Like that your body's not really here, like you're not even like aware that you're in a room anymore, kind of. You've a little bit forgotten like time and space. You're just kind of in this. That's because the consciousness started to flow back in. But there's still a strong sense of like me floating in space, right? Or that there's a me, or there's me and space, right? Me and thoughts, me and the feelings. That we're still in an internal duality, that our consciousness is now just projecting on the screen inside of us, right, in our inner world, in our, in our mental movie theater, as it was. But actually, that can also come in to itself, and it breaks through the senses of duality. It breaks through everything that we think we are, we are not. But we need to experience that for it to matter. And once I experienced that and I came back out, I just saw so clearly everything is just a projection of the mind outwards. So I sat in my meditation and I just said, ignorance, ignorance. Every thought, every feeling, every experience, it's ignorance. It's, just the, it's all just a wrong understanding, a wrong perception of reality. Right? So I was able just to paint over everything. 
and sit in meditation and say, there's nothing here that I need to deal with, right? And that's the same as saying good enough, right? That's the same as appreciating things, which means like letting them in and not trying to change them. It's the same as being nonviolent, ahimsa, harmless, right? It's the same as saying emptiness, right? All of these different things, it comes back to that when you're sitting in your own space, don't treat anything like it has any kind of importance. Don't give anything in your experience power, nothing. Even if you have a great med, even if you're sitting in there and this light shining and you feel this bliss, don't give that power. Because the second, and this is again Achan, Shah, Achan Brahm, his teacher was Achan Shah, who was this old Thai forest monk who helped like reinvigorate the Thai forest tradition of these monks in Thailand sitting in the forest for you know, 30 years and meditating with like tigers and like all this stuff, right? He said that he would go in the middle of the jungles of Thailand and he would find, you know, like little like lakes and clear, he called it a clear forest pool, a pool of water. And as a wandering monk, he would just go into the town with his bowl and collect his alms food. And then he would just wander back into the forest. And he would spend his days alone in the forest practicing. And he said sometimes at night, just as the sun was going down, he would go into these pools and he would bathe and he would wash himself in these pools. And then he would kind of walk up a little bit to the edge of the forest on the bank. <clears throat> and he would sit at the edge of the forest and set up his mosquito net and his kind of like little sitting rug. And he would sit there for the meditation for the night. And he said as the night would start to come, it would get darker. And then he said as it was getting dark, all of the animals from the forest would come out of the forest and they'd come down to the pool and they'd start drinking the water from it. Yeah, and he'd see like, like tiger cubs playing with the moms and stuff and he'd see these animals, they'd come and they'd drink and then go off in their ways. And he said, but sometimes, sometimes when I was really silent, every now and then would come out a creature of the forest, kinds of creatures of the forest that I've never even heard about, that I don't know if anyone else has ever even seen. And they'd come very timidly and quietly to the edge of the water and they'd drink. And even if you let out so much as a whisper of, wow, their ears prick up and they hear you and they run back into the forest. And you wouldn't see it again maybe for months at a time. And he said, our meditation, this is exactly the same way to make your mind like a clear forest pool and allow this things to be there, allow these different creatures, these different thoughts, perceptions to come and rise up in your mind. But you're just sitting on the shore watching. You're not touching them, you're not chasing them away. And even when the amazing ones come, you don't even say, wow. You don't even move your mind that much to say, whoa. Because if you're having a good meditation and you say, whoa, gone. You're out of the meditation already. So treat it all like it's none of your business. Everything you experience, not yours, not under your control, not important. We're not trying to get anywhere. We're not trying to get away from anywhere. Your entire experience from the feeling of your body to the thoughts to the space, it is all just nothing. It's all empty. It's all not important. It's all not self. It's all ignorance. It's all the mind showing you an illusion. 
So let's try to practice today in that way. Let's try to have a meditation <clears throat> where we really use a tool, a single sharp sword that cuts through everything, that boils all of the eels at once. That we just treat every single thing in our experience with abandon, with release. Yeah? Just keep letting go. And let's let go as deeply as we can. And then even let go of letting go. Because there's nothing to do. And let's try to make that experience. Yeah, that'll be an experiment. How, how disenfranchised can we make ourselves? Yeah, how much power can we take away from ourselves? Yeah, so let's all sit in a way that we feel comfortable and stable. And maybe just feel into a word for yourself. If it's ignorance, if it's emptiness, if it's nothingness, if it's universe, just calling everything you experience just universe, universe. Find a tool, a stone that if you threw into your river, into your pond, into your lake, it would sink straight to the bottom. What can you use to cut through everything at once? Your whole experience. And if you can't find a word, then just use it as an intention. Use it as an energy. I've already planted that seed in you. Like a stone sinking to the bottom of a lake. Straight down. There's absolutely nothing that's real. There's nothing to experience. Let's let it all go. <clears throat> 